Hello, hello, and welcome to Big Magic Equals Big Energy. My name is Rhiannon, and I am a mystic, an astrologer, and an empath empowerment coach. And in this podcast, I share all of the tools that I use to create a life of big magic via manifesting my big energy. These tools involve things like the tarot, astrology, intuition development, manifesting, and I share a lot about my journey with sobriety. And today is going to be a podcast pretty focused, or an episode, sorry, pretty focused on sobriety, although as I've shared in episodes before, I really believe that many of the tools I share about sobriety can support you if you are choosing to up-level your life. If you are coming to know your intuitive self a little bit better, if you are choosing to take a different approach um, in life and just making bigger and better decisions for yourself, I really believe that sobriety and the tools that I share can also apply to that. And if you want to hear more about my take on that, I have an episode called 10 Gifts of Sobriety that aligned me with my highest self. Um, That's kind of the summary of all the ways that I feel sobriety and walking the path of sobriety has been such a gift. So today I'm going to be sharing all about sobriety and self-care when solo traveling. Um, This was something that came to my mind as I was preparing to travel myself solo. I had a lot of trepidation around it. I was nervous. I was thinking about all the ways to basically take care of myself and make sure that I wasn't too triggered or too uncomfortable. If you've listened to the past, I think it was three episodes ago, I shared about the HALT method with loneliness and boredom and just all the ways that, you know, solo traveling or even things like visiting family, it can be a situation where we can be thrown a little bit off our routine. And I was worried about that. I was thinking about, you know, also all the times I had been trying to stop drinking for 12 years. And I was remembering all the times in the past where I had traveled solo and in my history, that was those were generally times when I would go back to drinking. So it was kind of a scary thing for me to do or not so scary because I have a lot of support and I'm praying and I'm intending that this episode will be supportive for you as well if you feel the same way. But I was definitely preparing and planning for it a lot more than I would let's say, before sobriety. So I thought if anyone else is in the same boat, I might as well share what I learned, how I prepared, and offer it forward. So I was traveling for a couple of things. I was traveling to meet some, um, meet different people for work. I was traveling a little bit for fun, and I was also going to be working on this trip. And I remember when I was preparing for it, I really took steps where I could really manage uh, the things that were important to me. So what's very important to me as an intuitive is ensuring that I feel safe and secure, that I have a comfortable place to stay. And that's kind of one of the first thing I would mention. If you are traveling solo, one of the greatest things that I can recommend is either travel with a support buddy, so travel with someone who is also sober or who is very supportive of your sobriety, or if that's not possible, then make sure that you book a place of your of your own where you can retreat where you can go back where you can just basically you know say no to anything that is triggering you and go home to a space that feels safe relaxing and calming so that was kind of the first thing that i focused on i wanted to book a really nice place that was 
um, private enough that I could do all of my healing modalities, all of the things that I get up to to ensure that my nervous system is regulated every day. Also being an intuitive, I do my meditations and that's very important to me. So the first tool that I recommend is just plan ahead and do everything that you can to create security for yourself and create comfort for yourself. If you're someone who maybe um, you know likes to eat certain things or eat a certain way, maybe you want to book an Airbnb versus a hotel so that you can really have control over what you eat. Um, but really just create your own, like make sure that you have your own safe space when you're traveling, that it feels comfortable for you, or that you're sharing with someone who will support you and understand that you are sober and that has to come first. So if you decide, you know, I'm a little bit like triggered or I'm just a little bit, this isn't the right situation for me, you can always bounce out. I know that was something that I've done. I haven't traveled solo in the past three years, but I've traveled with friends and family and I've been very clear about, you know, hey, if I, you know, if I back out of something, that's just kind of where I'm at right now and making sure that that is okay with them. Uh, the next thing related to this that I wanted to share is if you are traveling solo and you're going to you know, visiting different places or perhaps meeting with friends and going to meet them somewhere. This is the same when traveling um, and it's the same even when you're at home. I always recommend having your own transportation. Make sure you have your own way to get home uh, from a certain thing or a certain event or a certain travel just so that you always have a way to exit really quickly. Um, I've shared this before, like sobriety and alcohol is cunning, baffling, and powerful. And sometimes even three years into, I'm very steady in my sobriety, but sometimes we just don't know when, especially traveling, like things can build up, um, unexpected things can happen. And yes, the first time is okay, but when it's like 10 things in a day and you just kind of really require some space for yourself. I just think it is such an act of self-care to be able to exit a situation like in your own time. So those are the two things I recommend first setting yourself up with, making sure that you have your own space or that you're sharing with somebody who's very supportive and aware of your sobriety and your boundaries around that, and then doing what you can to kind of create transportation for yourself. Maybe you, you rent your own car or you, you know, know the trips in advance and organize like cars to get there or a bike, which is what I did. And just ensure that you have kind of like um, the ability to hold your boundaries. That's definitely one thing that I learned on this trip. And I, I always learn this, but in sobriety and with most things with boundaries, really it's on no one else is responsible for holding your boundaries or making you feel safe at the end of the day or making I mean, within obviously not making you feel unsafe, but they're not responsible for you feeling honoring your own boundaries. It's on you. So ensure that you can honor your own boundaries by setting yourself up with everything that you require to move on your own and be autonomous. The second thing that I recommend, and this is kind of a continuation of the past episodes, is build consistent tools before you travel so that your nervous system is already practiced in being regulated. I do think that traveling solo, going to a new place, putting yourself in a, in a situation where a lot of things can be out of your control or unexpected things can happen, different people can become involved, it will 
kind of have an impact on you. It can throw you off. Maybe you don't have as, as much time or as much alone time as you used to, or people are changing plans. And I think that's just kind of, that's kind of the fun of it. It's the adventure of it. But I do think as somebody who is in recovery or someone who is just highly sensitive and intuitive and going through a lot of up level and change and, and um, changes to the nervous system in life, it's so important to already have a lot of trust built in your tools, in your nervous system regulation tools, whether that's meditation, journaling, reading, um, I do a lot of subconscious hypnosis, all of that, um, it's so important to have built trust and consistency with that so that when you're on your travels, you don't get thrown off. That's a really big one. I know when I traveled this time, even after sharing all of this, I did get thrown off. Um, you know, things came up. I got excited in the morning, I didn't do my morning rituals, I was heading out the door and it was about three days that I hadn't really done a meditation or done a lot of the self-care practices that I do and I ended up kind of overwhelmed and in tears on one day and I was like, why am I so overwhelmed? It was because I hadn't been really staying devoted to these self-care practices, these nervous system regulation tools. And what's amazing about having done these so consistently though, is once I recognized that and I went home and I was like, okay, let's just drop everything, meditate and journal. And I had been in so much practice of doing that, that it just took one session to kind of get back into groundedness. And I think that I really kind of throw that into because I have been doing these practices for three years very consistently. It wasn't too much of a leap to get from a, a an overly stimulated nervous system state back into regulation. So I really recommend having built up consistent tools to regulate your nervous system beforehand. That looks like having a morning ritual that you are very devoted to or having a winding down evening ritual. I shared in a previous episode just the basic self-care of being in sobriety. Um, those are basics that we turn to again and again and again. Um, and I've heard this in group one on group coaching sessions where you can have one year in sobriety, you can have sometimes 15. And sometimes we just have to go back to these basics. It's, it's recovery is kind of a process and we just keep going back to self-care, regulating the nervous system, taking care of ourselves, understanding and honoring our changing emotions because we don't know, we no longer have the option to reach for a substance to regulate ourselves. We are doing it with our, you know, within ourselves. And one thing I did notice traveling is I had a little bit of like um, almost insecurity around how much I do for self-care because a lot of the people that I was meeting and around, um, you know, they were different from that. They maybe didn't require that. They were just, you know, they would easily go out at night. They were just doing all these things. And I was like, wow, I really require, I take a lot of time um, to feel, I was joking about this with a friend in a book club the other day. I was like, I feel like it takes so much more for me to just be a normal, regular, regulated person. And But at the end of the day, I like I shared earlier, I have an episode about the 10 gifts of sobriety that aligned me with my highest self. At the end of the day, the fact that it does take me, I do take a lot of care of myself to ensure that my emotional state is balanced, that my body is balanced, so I'm not reaching for a substance to regulate. At the end of the day, that's a gift that's really given me a lot of self-awareness. 
and a lot of empathy for others as well. Um, you know, not not everybody has the gift of being so self-aware. You know, because they haven't walked through the path of sobriety. So, and none of that was meant as a judgment or anything, but it is just me going out of my comfort zone, looking around me and realizing like, yeah, wow, I can't, you know, I've got to go home. I've got to sleep at a certain time because I've got to get up tomorrow. And there's just a lot more care and self-love that um, I require so that I stay really balanced in the nervous system. The next thing that I wanted to share as a tool is, of course, plan fun, sober activities. So depending on where you're going, uh, different places can obviously cater to different things. I was going to an area, um, it's Shargao in the Philippines, there's a lot of different options, but there's definitely a lot of drinking options as well. There's a lot of fun things to do with, when drinking. So I made sure to plan something every day that I would be excited about that was a sober activity. So obviously there's a lot of surfing in Shargao. I don't surf, but there's a lot of yoga, there's a lot of meditation studios, there's a lot of people to meet who don't drink. And I just made sure that I had things that I was excited about every day or every other day that were not um, revolving around drinking or going to a bar or meeting up with drinking friends. It just makes the experience a lot more fun and it does if you are someone perhaps in early sobriety, being in a place where there is, you know, people who, who are traveling sometimes, especially if you're going to a vacation spot, there can be a lot of centeredness around drinking and there can be a little bit of like, oh, am I missing out or oh, should I go there to do what everybody else does here? So just ensure, again, it's kind of planning ahead and just make sure you've got something that you're genuinely excited about um, to travel, to do, to see every day or every other day while you're traveling. So you have something fun to look forward to if, for example, you have to, you know, let's say your friends or something is, they're all meeting at a bar and you're like, you know what, I'm just tired and I'm not going to go to that. At least you have something else to look forward to. And there's all kinds of things, outdoor activities, horseback riding, um, even just like I think one day I was just excited because I had some Zoom calls, although the Wi-Fi wasn't working very well where I was, but at least I was very excited for that and I, you know, I think I was going home really early that night. I felt a little bit like I was missing out on the whole point of being in this Shargao place, like I was sort of thinking those things of maybe I should just go out, but I was tired and I was like, no, I've got important Zoom calls tomorrow. That's what matters to me. I'm going to go ahead and go to bed early. So that can be really just kind of keeping you accountable and also just ensuring that you have a really fun time. If you're already traveling, then make sure you've got really fun, sober activities to look forward to. The next thing that I wanted to share, this was a really good one for me, is be authentic when making new connections. So if you are traveling solo, you'll probably be looking to make, you know, some new friends. If you're going somewhere, it's nice to meet new people and just talk to people. It's always good to have that socializing. And for me, it was such a gift to learn to be authentic. And that was something I didn't have when I wasn't when I was drinking. In fact, it was one of the main reasons I, I did drink it was I didn't know how to be authentic I didn't feel comfortable but traveling and really embracing and being intentional about being authentic with others opened up so many more um, just friendships and deeper conversations with people than if I had just been traveling and kind of just going with the flow and being like oh we're all gonna do that let's go to this bar okay I'm gonna go I you know really 
have been working a lot on being more authentic, coming from a heart-centered place. And even though sometimes I felt like, oh, am I being a little too different or something, I would just kind of hold my ground and create really authentic conversations like, oh, I don't drink. So I'm not going to go to that, but you know, this and this is what I'm interested in. And every time I've done that, especially if it comes from, you know, now that I feel a lot more secure and grounded in sobriety, it's just opened up such deeper connections around, oh, you don't drink. Why is that? And just just being authentic in general, I feel has allowed other people to be authentic as well, and that's where like one of the best things about traveling is meeting people who are different from you or who are living different different ways from you and being able to connect with them authentically is one of the greatest joys I feel about traveling. So be authentic when making new connections. Um, really use the tools that I've shared in this podcast or if you've learned any other tools from sobriety um, programs. Just about always um, you know, clearing the air, saying what's on your heart. I'll be really honest, I'll share a story. What at the end of my trip to Shargao, I had a really rough last day. I my flight was canceled last minute. There was a storm. I was overwhelmed. It was coming up to my moon cycle. I was just overwhelmed and I didn't have any close friends and one of my very good friends from Manila had a friend in Shargao, so I met up with her and we had were just meeting for the first time. So I'm there, you know, doing my best to just stay uh, together as I thought I should be and not show that I was super overwhelmed. And the moment I just opened up and was like, you know, I'm sorry if I'm being a little bit quiet. It's just I'm really overwhelmed about what happened, like the things that are happening today. And it opened up a really great um, opportunity to connect. She ended up inviting me to stay um, to stay with her that night and it just showed to me what a gift it is to be authentic, especially, you know, we, that's how humans like, come to care for one another. So when traveling solo, be as authentic as you can and it will just make it so much, uh, first of all, it'll make those great connections and second of all, it will also be a way to set boundaries with people who maybe would not honor them. So just being straight up about I'm not drinking, I'm not going to do that, I'm not going to go there. And, you know, coming from a very, like, heart-centered space, but just being real about your journey, about where you're at, and not needing to hide anything. Because a lot of the times, for some reason, I've noticed this a lot. Again, I've been in a lot, a couple of group coaching programs for sobriety, but so <laughs> I, read, I also read this in a book somewhere, but, like, sobriety and pe people in addiction can be very programmed to lie. I had a lot of resistance to that. I was like, no, I'm not. But sometimes it's true. Um, you know, we, we can just be very programmed to hold things in, um, not tell the truth, not feel safe to open up, and that's where tools, you know, being consistent with nervous system regulation tools really helps you open up in healthy ways. And I just think it's it's such a gift to cultivate and use when traveling solo. It helps you state your boundaries right in the beginning. You know, I don't drink, I'm not going to stay out late. I need to take my, I'm bringing my own transportation. Um, you know, I've got to organize things in a way that suits me, not to be like selfish or anything, but just because, hey, I don't drink. And, you know, uh, I've got these, I'm, a, I'm an intuitive, I'm an intuitive coach, and this is just kind of how I roll. And that was a really big difference for me compared to the last times that I traveled solo. There was a lot that I wouldn't have shared or opened up as much about, and I think it can just help so much in setting expectations around boundaries and just letting people know 
what you're about and being authentic and creating connections. The next tool that I wanted to share was definitely make sure that you have support and connection available, even if it's just by phone call. I rely a lot on voice notes. I have sobriety friends and sober sisters all over the world, and I know that I can send them a voice note, and even if I don't get a reply back right away, just having, just knowing that there's someone you can call someone who knows what you're up to. I know that I, because I had so much trepidation about traveling solo, I actually had messaged three girls, I was three sober sisters, and I was like, hey, I'm traveling solo. I'm a little bit worried about it, a little bit nervous about it, so I might check in with you a little more often during those days. And check in. Keep that connection going. In, in previous episodes, I shared about the HALT method, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. One of the best ways to keep loneliness at bay is kind of just consistent reaching out, checking in, even if it's just to say, hey, just letting you know, I had this great day today, I did this and that. It's just contain. Um, helping manage those little triggers like loneliness or lack of connection when traveling solo. So make sure that you set yourself up with just some people who are ready to call you in case you're, you are getting triggered or feeling lonely or just feeling overwhelmed. I know for me it was such a, such a, I was so grateful that I had pre-told people that, you know, these three women, I was like, you know, if I reach out, I might just be going through a tough time. So you know, any support would be amazing. And that really helped me. This can be, for you, it can be like a friend or a family member or a loved one who just knows that, you know, you're traveling solo and just make sure that you have someone to connect with. And obviously, if you're going to a place where you have a friend or a close per a close loved one living there, then obviously even better. But just, again, just managing triggers beforehand, being aware of them beforehand. It can just really um, create a lot of stability that will ensure you have an amazing trip. Like the point of all of this is to ensure that I have, that I travel solo in a way that suits me, in a way that supports me and makes me want to continue traveling solo versus the times before when I hadn't really prepared, I didn't really think about things in this way and I would travel and as I've shared, I had been trying to stop drinking for 12 years and the biggest thing was I would travel solo and I wouldn't take, I wouldn't think of all of these, you know, small details and I would, you know, sometimes things snowball and that's why it's taken me three years to travel solo because I was kind of a little bit like, oh my gosh, what if those things happen again? And now I get to build new memories and new neural pathways that show me it's safe to travel solo, it's safe to go to new places, I am safe when I'm there, I know how to keep myself safe, and that's just such a gift. And I pray that this, uh, you know, this episode supports you if you're thinking of doing something similar. Um, and the last thing is uh, kind of related to what I just shared was use this time to build trust in yourself. Traveling solo or navigating an uncomfortable time, a new time, and sticking to sobriety, sticking to your self-care, sticking to the up-level of life that you're devoted to, that's the opportunity here, to build trust, to give yourself newfound self-worth in new situations, and it's something that was really eye-opening for me. So I invite you to really, if you are looking at traveling solo or doing something uncomfortable, throwing yourself out of your comfort zone, but also looking to manage um, sobriety and up-leveling your life and being an intuitive and a highly sensitive, 
then I recommend using all of these tools to just prepare in advance, set yourself up for success so you can continue to rewire those new neural pathways and do all of these amazing things sober and live life just intentionally and not <clears throat> kind of giving power away to um, alcohol or a substance that we so many people turn to to regulate themselves when really just the tools shared here and maybe a couple more can be enough to regulate your nervous system. So if you've come this far, thank you for listening. If this has resonated with you, please do share this, especially with anyone that you know is struggling with sobriety. I offer one-on-one -on -one coaching support for sobriety. And it's a little bit last minute notice, but I do have a free event tomorrow, February 25 at 9 a.m. EST. I am doing a self-love soul session with a embodiment coach, Natalie Annandale. If you do get to this podcast before then, ensure that you sign up. There's going to be a sign up link in the show notes or if you're watching this on YouTube, it will be in the description box below. Go ahead and sign up. I love to interact with you one-on-one -on -one, and you can also stay in touch with me via Instagram and my website. All of those are linked down below, but I will leave you here with this for now and I will see you in next week's episode.